Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Multi-Level Mormon Missionary. The plan of our Father in Heaven. Discussion number one of the Mormon Missionary Discussions. And that's what we're going to be discussing this evening with the one, the only Sister PD here in the studio. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm driving. Um, so, yeah, it's really hot here in the UK at the minute. And my studio is notoriously warm. So if you see us sparkly, it's not Hollywood. It's just very warm. Well, that we've become exalted. Exalted. Yeah. Um, awesome. So. Uh, before we get on, I just wanted to say, do we have any return missionaries out there? If you can let us know in the comments, and um, people who may have already gone through these uh, discussions and know what they're all about. Sister PD hasn't been through them, I don't think, at any point. Nope. And missionary work was always something that I was a bit afraid of, not going to lie to you. Yeah. Cool. I'll just pull that slightly. We definitely want to hear what Sister PD's got to say tonight. Um, so... <laughs> So basically, missionary work is really hot this week because someone in Mormon land said something that was just, frankly, awful. Um, I've spoken a lot about my mission and not really wanting to go on a mission, but feeling like I needed or had to go on a mission. So uh, John DeLynn got sent a video this week that we're going to watch now. Um, and this video is from a state conference. It's a member of the stake presidency speaking so some might say he's not speaking for the whole church but then there's a video to follow this one that kind of gives an impression of what the leaders actually think so let's see uh see what this one was from the the stake meeting here we go a little tangent here real quick we were recently as a family having a discussion uh, about missionary work one of my daughters was at school. She was talking with her friends about President Nelson's recent call for young men to serve missions. And the friends there at the lunch table were debating, do young men have to go or is it a choice? Now, young men, I hope you'll think about this carefully because there's an important doctrine here. Do you have a choice whether to serve a mission? I'm going to tell you why you don't. Now that might rub you the wrong way because we're so big into liberty and agency and, and we do believe we're a free democratic kind of people, right? But here's why you don't have the choice anymore. It's because when you were baptized, you signed on to the Lord's plan, which is giving up free agency and accepting moral agency. The difference being that we give up thinking that we know for ourselves what is best in our lives and we trust the Lord to give us the direction that is best for us in our lives. And so young man, if that sounds like foreign doctrine to you, I hope you'll reconsider the importance of that baptismal and sacramental covenant where every week we come to church and we say, I'm giving up what I think is best and I trust the Lord guide and direct me in my life and his will becomes paramount and no longer is what we want the most important thing in our lives we recognize that what the Lord can give us is much greater 
than anything we could choose for ourselves. Wow. <laughs> so, Sister PD, we've got a 13-year-old son. So in five years, he would be eligible um, to go on a mission, or in this brother's opinion... Uh, he already made that choice. Yeah, he's got to go, because he made the choice when he, he was baptised. There's a lot of foreign doctrine. If that sounds foreign to you, well, there's a lot of foreign doctrine flying around to me. Yeah. I think that was that was pretty shocking. Um, you can see John's whole response to that uh, on epic. yeah the Mormon Stories channel. But I've also added the link to John's response in the show notes. If you just look down below, there's lots of links in the show notes below because we're going to go through lots of different sources for different things, um, and I like to include them so no one misses out. Joe, that's so true. That is Satan's plan that we come to Earth and we do exactly what you know, that they want us to do. Yeah. Um, Mark says it in a slightly different way, but equally as um, eloquent. <laughs> <laughs> if a Mormon told, leader told me that I had to serve a mission, I would tell him to off. Well done, Mark. Um, but I, I had a random dream this week after watching this. I'm very suggestible. Um, Sister PD, I swear she tells me in my sleep exactly what she wants me to do the next day. She knows I'll wake up and do it. Um, so <laughs> I saw this and then I had a, uh, a dream that I had to go back on my mission to finish out a transfer to finish out six weeks. So, and I got there and I was like, to my companion, I was like, oh, it really doesn't matter. Let's just break the rules and do whatever we want to do. And everyone was just so like straight laced about it. I was just stuck. Um, so yeah, but agency has changed, which is strange. And you think, like I said, just this one guy, you could kind of get away with it. The apologists would be like, well, he was, he's just a first counselor on the state presidency. He's, he doesn't talk for the church. You know, you really need to get something like this from. Yeah, he's maybe speaking to his local area, his yeah, local you know. young men. Maybe he knows those young men and, and he's, you know, he's giving it to them because he knows that's what they need but it's not for everyone. But maybe if, if we had an apostle talking about it. Yeah. Okay. Let's see if we see if we've got an apostle that wants to talk about it. A little tangent here real quick. We were there with. Okay. The prince. Just before we get into this one, um, this video is on Thinker of Thoughts Facebook uh, YouTube page. You can see at the top there, the link again is in the description. This is Elder Bednar with his wonderful sister Bednar. Um, and they're talking about moral agency, which I think is what the state president was talking about, or the, the member of the state presidency. And this was Buenos Aires, Argentina, in February 2016. Uh, let's see what an apostle of the Lord has to say about the issue of agency. The principle of moral agency is the least understood of all gospel principles. It is taught incorrectly often and it leads people to behave in ways that are not appropriate as i listen to members of the church all over the world this is how they define agency it's the ability to choose and i can do what i want that's false why do we have agency go find in the pearl of great price in the book of moses god's explanation for why we have agency like it is to choose him, not to choose what we want, but to choose God and to love and serve each other. Now, buckle up. Are you buckled up? Okay, here we go. 
When you and I enter the baptismal covenants, there are three conditions of the covenant. A willingness to take upon ourselves the name of Christ. A commitment to always remember him. And a commitment to keep the commandments. We learn about those elements of the covenant. And we exercise our agency to accept those conditions of the covenant. We then are promised that if we honor the covenant, we may always have God's spirit to be with us. Okay. As we pledge our willingness to take upon ourselves the name of Christ, that begins in the waters of baptism. It begins. We do not wholly and totally take upon ourselves the name of Christ in the waters of baptism. We begin. Where do we more fully take upon ourselves the name of Christ? In templo. There's a pathway from the baptismal font to the templo. Al templo. And there is increasing blessings by the power of the Holy Ghost that come into our life. As we begin to have the name of Christ come upon us through ordinances and covenants, we have a new family name, Christian. And with that name, we are to represent him at all times and in all places and in all things. Now, this is why you need to be buckled up. When we enter into that covenant and begin to have the name of Christ come upon us, our agency is enlarged. It's no longer individual agency. It is enlarged to become representative agency. And representing Christ and his name at all times, in all places, and in all things becomes more important than what we want. The reason we need to always remember him is so we can effectively represent him. The reason we need the companionship of the Holy Ghost, yes, that blesses us, but we need that companionship of the third member of the Godhead so we can represent him. We have already pledged that we will keep the commandments. Have you heard someone say, a member of the church who has entered into the baptismal covenant, I have my agency, I can do what I want. You ever heard that? Yeah, you know what the answer is? No, you can't. You don't understand agency. I think we're going to stop there because, uh, yeah, I can feel Sister PD heating up next to me. But <laughs> you don't. So as if as if being baptized at eight wasn't a big enough thing for a child. Now they've got to take into account that they've given up their agency for the rest of, you know, their natural lives. I see it like one of the cartoons. They sell you something and there's one, two, three. Then you break one, you come back and they reel out 300 pages and go, point 342, you gave up your agency. Yeah. Nobody tells you that at the time. No. And it's, yeah. Yeah. Well, key definition down here, the corner's just covered for some reason. Um, but agency, the ability and privilege God um, gives us to choose and act for ourselves. And that's taken from... Um, the preach my gospel so it seems strange but hey they've redefined agency they need to go to the gospel principles manual and rewrite that section because uh, it does not jive with uh, what at least Elder Bednar is teaching but speaking of gospel principles if we don't do that if we the other bit I really like at the end of that clip where he talks about the song the song is called choose the right not choose what you want to choose isn't that what he says to get a laugh out of them all oh, and i yeah. just think it doesn't it doesn't work for me yeah 
Well, if you want to see that whole video, you can check it out in the the Thinker of Thoughts link below. But yeah, it's it's the whole follow the profit thing. There's one way to go, and it that's the only way to go. It's not, you know, because isn't the whole point in us being here according to the plan of salvation that we you know make our own decisions that we learn from making wrong decisions that's the whole point to come and make wrong decisions and to learn from those things and recently you know we've been getting from different local leaders about um you know go and have that made known to you in revelation personal revelation well what's the point because you've already told me that at the age of eight i've made a choice to end all choices so why do i need to receive revelation on it if you are it's like saying you already know what i'm going to do so why give me a chance yeah. to choose why give me a chance to confirm it but we all know you only get one type of revelation you do come up with some good ones a choice to end all choices yeah you can't make that choice at eight years old okay well we're asking people to make that choice um off the back of 18 year olds who come around with pamphlets um not pamphlets anymore but when i was a missionary this was what we had and i've put uh from 1986 because these ones were copyrighted 1986 so i've still got my uh, copy because sister pd saves everything um and that's what we are going to talk about today because something that really grinds my gears is when i hear apologists talking about things and denying things i specifically taught as a missionary you were asked to teach them. You were taught to teach them. So, yeah, well, discussion number one. We're talking you could give this on the street if someone had 20 minutes to stand and do nothing or in someone's home for the first time. But this was the go-to for the missionaries um, when when you got someone to listen, basically. Um, so the it goes through heavenly father jesus then it talks about prophets uh, and gets on to the restoration of the book of mormon because the whole point in discussion one is to hook the person in in order to um get them to believe that the church is true that these missionaries um you know are, are teaching the truth so that then in all the other discussions that come afterwards uh you know there's there's no question about whether or not they were telling the truth or not well, they're messengers from God. Absolutely. They're speaking God's words. Very young messengers. They've learned them in the uniform system. The uniform system for teaching the gospel. You know, we used to have to memorise them. Well, I was just about to say, it's a bit like teaching somebody to pass an examination by learning it by rote. Yeah. You don't really understand the background of it. You don't understand why you're doing it. But what you know is, as long as you do this, you will have success. Did anyone else have to memorise them? um i yeah i had to memorize them we'd sit there in companionship study and my companion would have have the booklet he would hold it and i would try and repeat it back to him so that when you got to the door or you got to the point where you could it just came by rote and uh, and you didn't get it wrong which is a bit weird to be honest uh, these days they don't do that these days they've got preach my gospel we will refer back to preach my gospel to check a few things and see how things have been updated over the years. I served one year of the discussions and the second year of Preach My Gospel. So I kind of got a, a view of both of them, but let's get into this one. Okay. So 
instructions for the discussions <laughs> on this page i thought it was particularly um weird that they put in the third paragraph down here so it's just about you know preparing yourself for the discussion thinking of your own experiences what your investigator might like because the whole thing is to build on common experiences with the investigators so that they are more comfortable with you so that they feel like you like them you know and to be a bit fake like that sometimes but the <laughs> the main focus of this discussion should be the book of mormon and the prophet joseph smith okay do not spend too much time on the first two principles the first two principles being heavenly father and jesus christ as in we've now renamed ourselves what what is the name now i'm failing the, here the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints the website church of christ something like church that. of jesus christ yeah but don't spend too much time focusing I on believe it when i read it earlier do not spend too much time on the first two principles especially if the investigator basically agree with you uh, with what you present what if they don't agree with what you present yeah well you just move on it says leave enough time to discuss the truths that are unique to the restored gospel um yeah i couldn't believe it when i read that because rusty's whole thing is jesus 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 and yeah they want to skip past jesus but let's see what we get to oh we get to this um if everyone hit the like button let's uh, sort the algorithm out on the last video we've got to over 200 likes fantastic so yeah do that and this evening that'd be great and uh, we have some more admin this week mr peter unfortunately can't come with me i will be going alone to PD's paranormal investigation. And I'm genuinely a little bit scared. Um, but uh, yeah, do that. Uh, we've purchased some things and done a few things. So we've got a little GoFundMe going as well. Um, and you can find the link in the description below or uh, we're now eligible for Super Chats as well. But moving on. Principle one, the plan of our Heavenly Father. Okay. So this is pretty benign, to be honest with you. Um, it just says we believe in a God, um, that he is perfect. But I think the one thing that kind of stood out was, um, it says, oh, bear with. I'm just looking for Heavenly Mother, PD. Is, is there a Heavenly Mother on that page? No. Okay, I'll stop looking. No, absolutely not. Um, but what what we do have is we've got Heavenly Father in the 1986 version. On the left of the screen, just here, God is our loving Heavenly Father. And this is from the Preach My Gospel, which goes a step further and characterizes the nature of God as uh, us being his children and him having a body of flesh and, bo flesh and bone that is glorified and perfected. So that's what they currently teach, but that's not what the church used to teach. Um, it also says in the new updated version, James, that we can um, we can show him our love through our choices. Now, would that be the one choice we make when we're eight, or would that be all the other choices we make between eight and going on a mission? Yeah, that's that's, that's pretty. Yeah, um, but it says that he loves us. 
that he's merciful and kind. And it really bigs him up because who would want to believe in a God that allowed his children to suffer and to be in pain and to, you know. Uh, that sends the world trials, famines. Sister PD. Pandemics. That, that drowned everyone but eight people. Yes. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's that's the Heavenly Father. But the skip name, over that. Don't spend too long on that principle. Well, I want to just skip back to pre-1921, okay? Pre-1921, we had this, Lecture on Faith number five, where they spoke about the Godhead. And um, So Lectures on Faith um, from Joseph Smith, and they used to be part of the Doctrine and Covenants. The Lectures on Faith, seven of them, used to be the Doctrine part of the Doctrine and Covenants. But in 1921, they took them away. So what we have now is just the covenants part of Doctrine and Covenants. Um, but in this, this is kind of what people point to as maybe being the reason that they took them away, because I've circled two parts. Okay, this is speaking about the nature of the Godhead in lecture number five. They are the Father and the Son, the Father being a personage of spirit. So we've got Preach My Gospel and the discussions teach us that he has a body of flesh and bone. Lectures on Faith from Joseph Smith teach us that he is a personage of spirit. Um, but going on, um, personage of spirit, glory, and power, possessing all perfection and fullness. The Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, a personage of tabernacle, made or fashioned like unto man, or being in the form and likeness of man. Um, and then further down here in the second box, it speaks about um, the Holy Spirit. So it speaks about the joint mind of the Father and the Son. And you say, it says, possessing the same mind with the Father, speaking of the Son, which mind is the Holy Spirit that bears record that the Father and the Son and these three are one. Or in other words, that these three constitute the great matchless governing and supreme power over all things. Is that something new on you? I'm completely confused now, to be honest, between all the different versions about which one, you know, about what we're being taught. Are we, are we being taught that they're three separate personages or not? Well, the church today teaches that they're three separate personages. The father and the son have resurrected bodies. Yes. And the Holy Spirit doesn't have a body because it's a spirit. Yeah, that was my teaching when I was in primary. Yeah, but the first or the, the teaching here is that the Father is a person just spirit, the Son has a resurrected body, and the Holy Spirit is the joint mind of the Father and the Son. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard you talk about that before. Yeah. So that's interesting that we... They didn't mention that in the discussions. Um, okay, principle two, the divine sonship of Jesus Christ. We're skipping over these because it said to, you know, yeah. it, it said to. Um, but I thought interesting here, see if you pick this up, Sister PD. Um, Sorry, so, I was still giggling at the comment by the lady by the lady fans. And, and it goes for the gentleman as well about, you know, the choices of clothing that, that we, we get to. Sarah. <laughs> Ruth, you do get to declare what underwear you put on and any subject of gossip if garment lines are unseen. 
I think I think there's a good business to be had in selling fake garments to the Exmo community to be worn at family events. And you could they could have embroidery on them that would really shock um, you know, your family, but they'll just see the the old line at the top and the line on the arms and think you're you're sorted. So Okay. Jesus. Ooh. So the first box at the bottom, the one that I uh, circled, Christ showed us how to fulfill the plan. Okay. So bear in mind, these young men missionaries will just read this rope. And it wasn't until 20 years later when I um, started reading this again to prepare for this, that I thought this is just crap. So the plan of salvation is simple and easy to understand, but we must choose to follow it. Is, is that putting you down before you've even started? Is that if you don't understand this, if you don't find it simple, if you don't find it easy, there's something wrong with you? Is that really how you want to start off with your investigator by saying you should find this simple? And if you don't, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Well. I don't like that. Yeah. Well, I think these... These two boxes go together because it says in the in the back of this one, by his perfect example and his teaching, Jesus shows us how to fulfill the plan. And then speaks about having faith in what he taught. If we have faith in what Jesus Christ taught, we will find peace in this life. Also, we can be, become more like him and like our heavenly father. We can return to live with him after this life. Okay, so it's mentioned the plan of salvation there that we can follow Christ's example to follow the plan of salvation and we can be exalted and return to be like him and like our heavenly father. But in the Bible and in the book of Mormon, even where does Jesus go through the temple? Just leave that one. If anyone can uh, come up with a, a scriptural reference, where does he go through the temple? Where does he, um, you know, get married uh to three wives to fulfill polygamy as it was way back when where in the bible does it actually come up with the plan of salvation and three heavens i know it speaks of many houses and they try and uh, say that's it but it's not in the book of mormon either so i thought it was interesting that it teaches that here that christ shows us the ultimate kind of example all he showed us apart from patience and love and the beatitudes was that, um, you know, we get baptized and receive the gift of the Holy ghost and past that it's just being a, a good person. You know, the, there are no other ordinances shown in the new Testament past receiving the gift of the Holy ghost. All right then. PD, can I ask a question? Go on. Were these pamphlets only available to missionaries? during the time that they were printed i don't think or, or could you could you go to you know the bookshop could members have access to these all i was thinking is way back when you were teaching this day in day out i don't think i've ever viewed these until now so at a time that you were out there teaching it what i'm getting at is are the members you know sat at church receiving something different to what the investigators are receiving did we have access to these to share with our friends and they didn't really push them did they for the membership was it just for the missionaries no i don't think yeah i think it was just for the missionaries 
I'd never you seen. Couldn't get a hold of them, could you? I think you could probably get them if you really tried, but I'd never seen anyone um, actually get any. So, yeah. and I'd never given them to anyone because they only gave us one set. So, it does seem strange that, like, the six discussions should have been something you did every year at church, surely, um, so that everyone knew. It's just one of those things, I think. Are the investigators receiving one thing in their home? And then when they come to church on a Sunday and they sit with the general membership, are they receiving something different? Well, it used to be that they had to go to gospel principles class. Yeah. Which was the the little table over in the corner that the missionaries went to. Um, and, yeah, no, now it's um, they've got rid of gospel principles class, so the investigator gets thrown straight into gospel doctrine class. Yeah. Um, so everyone, Ruth Heath, uh, uh, yeah, 20 likes and she'll send 20 pounds that will um, go towards a paranormal investigation. Uh, we're on 16 likes so far, so just that little thumbs up button. This and, is when uh, you wish you had Nemo on and um, you could you could pimp him out. Nemo, uh, who <laughs> told us last time that he would take his shirt off. Yeah, I don't know. We got close, but no cigar, unfortunately. Okay, principle three. Oh, oh, no. I've, 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 you slipped something else in there, PD. I've rushed because it said to rush the first two principles. Right. No, it said it's, it's promised the person that if they follow Jesus Christ's example, they can become like our Heavenly Father. And I thought I'd just go to Mormon Think because we all know that the church is now taking away the planet that they promised us. Um, and Mormon think have gone through the gospel topics essay, becoming like God. And they've just put down here the basic steps that the church has set out to become like God. Okay. And if we follow Jesus example, we can become like God, but here, um, a be baptized, a member of the LDS church, B receive the Melchizedek priest. If you're male, C be endowed in the LDS temple and learn all the signs tokens that will enable you to pass the angels who stand as sentinels on your way to exaltation. D, be sealed to a spouse via the eternal covenant of marriage. Practice in polygamy in the eternities if you believe the teachings of past prophets. And E, obey the temple covenants. Turn over all of your time, talents, and possessions to the LDS church. Mm. So that's the path that investigators have to tread. And that's all just wrapped up in that little two paragraphs. What What is D? If you believe. So if you believe, get on with it. If you don't believe, just stick to your one way. No, no. I think, I think what they're trying to make uh, clear there is that past prophets taught that you need to participate in polygamy uh, in this life and in the eternities. So depending which set of profits you're going with depends which set of requirements you, you go with. Are you trying to trick me here? Have you brought me on this show to make me look silly? Are you trying to trick me? We only listen to the words of the current prophet. Forget what the one before said. No, yeah, just throw it all out. <laughs> throw it all out. <laughs> I try and trick you every day, my darling. It's working. Principle three. Oh, still the divine sonship. Typo. 
how the plan has been revealed. Okay, so now the church gets into kind of a PR um, smoke and mirrors masterclass here because what they start to do is they start to lay down for the investigator um, a, a trail of breadcrumbs. And at the end of that trail of breadcrumbs, it's the church is true, do what the prophet says. Okay, so the first step in this trail of breadcrumbs is the prophets testify of Christ. Do you want to read that paragraph for us, Sister PD? Oh, sorry, which one? I was I was thinking of myself as an investigator down here. <clears throat> the prophets testify of Christ. God gives. I feel like I'm in a, a Sunday school lesson. I'm a bit <sighs> triggered. You've moved. You've taken me back. God gives these prophets authority to act for Him. He commands them to teach others. They share their witness about Christ in two ways. First, they teach people directly. Secondly, they write their testimonies and the truths of the gospel in the sacred books called scripture. Mm. So he is uh, the church there has tied, um, you know, God's will to that of prophets and they've told the person that these prophets always speak for God and that God only speaks through prophets. Okay. And so if you want to speak to God, what do you need? Sorry, I'm not being very helpful tonight. Can I opt out of that one? And a say a prophet. <laughs> you need a prophet. Okay. Um, and most prophets that people hear of are in the Bible and they're like, well, where do I find a prophet today? Well, it just so happens that these two young men have a prophet for you. Um, and the, the real one that they want them to go away with is the one at the bottom. We are invited to obey. When people know the truth by the power of the Holy Ghost, the servants of the Lord invite them to act upon this knowledge. Okay? So at the end of this, they're going to really go deep on the Holy Ghost. right? And then... They will have already prepared them because the person knows they've been taught that there's the, the tip right there that when they know the truth through the Holy Ghost, they have to act upon that knowledge. Okay. So if those young men can make them feel special during this meeting, then they can, um, you know, say to them at the end, you felt special. That's the Holy Ghost confirming truth. Now you have to act upon it by being baptized. I'd have been a terrible missionary. <laughs> Sorry. I do remember thinking at the time that I'm lucky to be female and in the church because it was something I wouldn't, I wouldn't have wanted to do. Uh, but I'm just looking at this bit at the bottom, James. It's not in red. And it says, to find out whether the investigator understands what a prophet is and how he can help them know the truth. I'm like, 30 something years later i'm confused by that you know would you ever ask that question well a lot of people never heard of a prophet mm -hmm. especially if you're teaching people who previously could we we teach a lot of um refugees who'd come from the middle east and different places like that mm -hmm. so um some of them had never heard of it well no they'd heard of the prophet muhammad and different things but yeah teaching what a modern day prophet is because a modern day prophet and a prophet are two different things yeah that's true because the modern day prophets don't prophesy <laughs> they don't prophesy see or reveal or translate they just are prophet 
as Mark Crispin says. But wasn't that they one of the profit. selling points on your mission to investigate that we had a living profit? Yeah, and it was <laughs> the worst thing was when it came to general conference time. Um, the idea was that you tell people, "Oh, you can come and see a modern day Moses speak to us in our day." And you get really excited about it. And then you bring investigators to conference. They sit for two hours, not understand the blindest bit. And and then just be like, you didn't say anything. They just talk about tithing. <laughs> Have you paid your arms? <laughs> so we can see just here on the left, this is a section from the up-to-date um, Preach My Gospel. And this goes a little bit more heavy on the apostasy uh, prophet apostasy, prophet apostasy pattern. Um, it says here in the older one, God's pattern, he chooses witnesses, the prophets testify of Christ, the Holy Ghost confirms the truth, and we are invited to obey. But what it doesn't say in the older one is that eventually everyone falls away, there is a period of apostasy, and then God calls another prophet um, and starts a new dispensation because what they're doing is they're setting up the idea that after Jesus Christ there was one of these apostasies mm -hmm. and that Joseph Smith was the new prophet to enter this new dispensation so yeah they're setting it up there and um, we're on 19 likes uh Ruth Heath um that's all I'm saying 19 likes so far principle four the prophet Joseph Smith a modern witness of Jesus Christ does it say anywhere on that page his age? I know he, was, he wasn't the prophet at 14, but I always think, were we telling investigators that the person who brought, you know, the end of this apostasy was 14? Yeah, no, he was a prophet at 14. It doesn't say on there, no. I, oh, no, it does. Yeah, it does. Just here in the second paragraph, he was just 14. Ah, because you you wear it as a badge of pride that just a, a young a young lad. Yeah, that's true. I suppose my view of that has slightly changed now. But you're right. You're right. It was it was a badge of pride. Yeah. Although in this image over here, um, it's it's almost like the Disney films when they have like High School Musical when <laughs> they're supposed to be fourteen, but the actor is clearly about twenty five. <laughs> you know, this one of Joseph here, he doesn't look fourteen. He looks like he um, he's just had a shave and he's ready to go out on the on the town. So the first point on this one, in our day, God has followed his pattern for revealing truth. So it's that pattern that he'd already set up um, in the previous principle. God has followed this pattern for revealing truth. In our day, he chooses a prophet who learned about the plan of salvation from firsthand experience. At the age of 14, He's got first-hand experience. Of the plan of salvation. Really? Surely he's only got the, the same first-hand experience that the rest of us have got, and that's being born. Or any other 14-year-old. So, tumbleweed there. If the SCMC are watching, can you please answer the question, what first-hand experience did Joseph Smith have of the plan of salvation at age 14? Because apparently that's why God chose him. I did not know that. No, that's, that's, I'd love to, you know, if Fair Mormon can uh, do an essay on that, that dances around the question and doesn't answer it, that'd be great. 
So Joseph Smith was confused about religion, like the rest of us. Yeah. Um, but so it goes into uh, his confusion and the fact that, you know, you've got this time of uh, great religious excitement was the wording uh, to go through. And it goes into Joseph Smith's history. And then we get to the first vision that he he went and prayed because he was confused about religion. And he read in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 5, if any of you like wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. Well remembered. TV. I know, flipping heck. Um, yeah, so he went into the woods as a 14-year-old boy and he said his prayer and then his words, apparently. I saw a pillar of light exactly over my head above the brightness of the sun, which descended gradually until it fell upon me. When the light rested upon me, I saw two personages whose brightness and glory defy all description, standing above me in the air. And one of them spake unto me, calling me by name and pointing to the other, this is my beloved son, hear him. So that's, that's one version. Version one. But it misses out a big chunk, even in that version. Do you know what it misses out? No, because I keep looking at the find out. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I've never seen these before. Um, Ruth, true to your word. Thank you um uh, yeah I, I can only say thank you it missed out satan because if you remember the old school videos of the first vision he kneels down to say his prayer and before god and jesus come he's overtaken by a darkness yes which is when satan comes in and in the actual history he speaks about his tongue being bound and he's about to die um and to give in and yeah, it's Satan comes for him, but not here because they don't want the investigators to be scared about praying to God about religion, that Satan's going to come and get them. So they leave it out. That's what I was always told. I just keep thinking if you asked your investigator, have you ever been confused the same way that Joseph was? And one of them turns around and says, yeah, I've started my own religion in the past, you know. I just, it just gets me. You know what I'm like now? We, we could all, we could all start our own religion. Yeah, well, yeah. But did you know that there was more than one account of the first vision? What I don't know, PD, is how many there are. Let's find out. Ooh, 10. Did you know there was 10? No. Between 1827 and 1859, granted the last one was after the death of the Prophet Joseph Smith and given um, posthumously by, uh, in a second-hand account. But was ten. that like a second-hand account from his journal or was that somebody, he told someone and then they've retold it? Bear with, bear with. I didn't realise we'd got to double digits. Uh, yeah, it's, it's absolutely nuts. Um, but... But if you look at these, look at these nine figures here. These are from Mormon Think, these graphics. Mormon Think's fantastic. Um, so of the 10. Okay, version version 1827, the first one, would looks like Spider-Man. 
Okay, let's. So the last one you were asking about was from Martin Harris. It was given in Tiffany's Monthly, 1859 in New York. So Martin Harris, um, you know, a prominent member of the church, contemporary of Joseph Smith. Um, But the first one, 1827, because people always say, well, it happened in 1820. And the church's videos make out like it happened in 1820. And like he told everyone in 1820 he told the methodist preacher who kicked him off of the horse cart and stuff because he was preaching uh, blasphemies but the first one spider-man you were talking about 1827 um so this account was a first-hand account related to willard chase um so from joseph smith jr or account of joseph smith senior and joseph smith jr given to willard chase as related in his 1833 after david uh, and the principal elements of the account several years before obtaining the plates a spirit appeared to joseph in a vision telling him of a record on gold plates so we're talking moroni there when joseph went to get the plates the spirit transformed from a toad to a man and struck joseph twice and gave him instructions to come back in a year a command repeated several years in a row. Um, and then it goes on about obtaining the the place. So that's probably the first heavenly visit that he starts to talk about. And those ones at the beginning are more around the Moroni thing. Okay. That okay. later he will separate the two. He'll separate the first vision and Moroni come into his bedroom into two different ones. But if we look at the uh, bigger figure on the right hand side these are the four main ones that the church admits to um and we'll yeah we'll hold their hands up to um in the gospel topics essay so 1832 the earliest known first-hand account so 12 years after the supposed vision um so yeah it's just jesus told all the churches are wrong and his sins are forgiven him but are we led to believe that he kept it to himself until that time? Yes. A 14-year-old boy had been to the woods and had this experience. He didn't tell his parents. He didn't tell his friends. He didn't no, tell no. his siblings. I think he told his parents. Okay. Okay. But you've got to imagine. Um, and, yeah, you've got to imagine that. This is a 14-year-old boy who's a treasure hunter is obsessed with the stories of captain kidd and of treasure buried in the new england area you know he's running around the wilderness talking of spanish gold mines and hidden hidden native treasure and different things so oh, but it didn't say that in the pamphlet uh, no it's very it's very fanciful yes um, so i'd imagine that heavenly messenger you know because he could have said to them jesus appeared to me and um it was uh, Jesus, sorry, I was just reading this one here from Ashda Naglia. Um, sorry if I got that wrong. Who changed from a toad to a man PD? Uh, that was Moroni, who or later became Moroni, the guardian spirit looking after the plates. Do you find that hard to believe? The toad to a man? Yes. I find it all hard to believe. <laughs> what I find hard to believe is that we believed it. Yeah. But the reason I ask you that is I think of our children watching Disney where they kiss a frog and it becomes a prince. And I just think, 
you know, we, we so flippantly in the world do say these things. So actually, why would we not? Why would that be any sort of strange? Well, the church embraced the toad to a man thing, didn't they? With the white salamander and the yes. whole Mark Hoffman thing. When he changed the toad to a white salamander. Yes. And they started giving conference talks on it. Can you imagine if they stood up now and started giving conference talks on toads turning into men? Or into toads turning into RMs. <laughs> you loser. Get, get some of these sisters married <laughs> off. Sorry. Oh, dear. Okay, so, but you can see here in these four First Vision accounts, this the graphical image, it kind of becomes more fanciful over time. So in the first one, he's just got Jesus. In the next one, there are two personages, but there's a pillar of fire um, and a host of angels and an angelic being. In the 1835, um, it's just a host of angels. And then in 1838, this is the official version that the Brighamite sect have adopted. You've got Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. And as well, he couldn't decide how old he was when these happened. You can see why they don't go with the fire one, can't you? I think that would be scary to investigators. That their room's going to set on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, yeah, it, the church says that it's just um, a collage and he's just remembering little bits of it at, at, at different times. Yeah. But for that to be true, I think there'd need to be in the official version for a full version. Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, a host of angels, they need to be on fire, and there needs to be a third heavenly messenger there with them. And he needs to be somewhere between the age of 12 and 17. It's difficult, isn't it? Because you think if you were remembering little bits, it wouldn't change so much. You know, you generally, if you remember things over time, you're probably adding to it. So you might expect picture one to have something and then picture two to have something else added to picture one. But what is happening is that it's actually changing, not just being added to, it's changing. Sister PD, if Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ appeared to me, I would expect that I would remember the same thing every time that I told it. Yeah. But hey, we don't tell that in the discussion so we can move on. And this is something you could be doing on the street as an elder. Yeah. You don't have to be in someone's home. Nope. You would have the pamphlet out and you would be teaching this in the town centre. Well, you wouldn't get the pamphlet out because you've memorised it. You've learned it all. Yeah. You'd, literally, I could do it in 10 minutes. Well, then you wouldn't have a show, PD. 